All you had to do was stay. Yeah. But instead you went to Richard Branson's private island. (laughs) Island. (laughs) While I was waiting in the customs on a boat. Hello, hello, hello. hello. Welcome to a very special edition of the pod. Yeah, I feel like we really churned this one out quick. Like we're still talking about it as it's happening. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as we all know, the strike is still ongoing. So we are, Mm -hmm. you know, we're just trying to get a little creative with what we can do. We're playing. We're um, improvising. Yeah, we're staying playful. And we decided to... Talk about an album that we both really love and also has, like, a weird kind of connection to our lives as, like, us and Miss Swift all moved to New York at, like, the same time. Crazy. I'm like, Taylor, (laughs) stop following me. Yeah, literally. (laughs) But (laughs) I'll never walk Cornelia Street again. Never (laughs) in my life will I do that. But... (laughs) Yeah, today we are we are doing a deep dive into 1989 Taylor's version. Yes. Honestly, it's funny that you say this album like is one that we both really love because I do like it a lot now, mm-hmm. but when it came out, I was so dismayed. Mm. I I literally so liked Taylor Swift from the beginning and I'm not a huge country music person but I loved her version of country because it just felt like a diary entry and I loved how um just like emotional she would be in her songs and like lay everything out even like calling boys by their name in her songs and stuff and I was just like I really love the way that this sounds and it's super resonant for me the song 15 came out like I want to say around when we were in high school so like yeah like middle school freshman year yeah middle school high school and like that was super resonant for me as well so when red came out i bought it on my iphone like have it on itunes to this day and then 1989 came out and i don't even think i listened to it Mm. i was just like i maybe i listened to it a couple of times but i was very much like into rap music at the time and hip-hop music and I was so upset that she was doing, like, this, like, synth pop thing when I loved her for, like, her poetry and, like, right. this really deep, vulnerable thing. And she was doing more light and fluffy music. And I remember being <laughs> so upset with this song, Welcome to New York, especially, yeah. like, how it begins. It's like... Yeah, that's that's fair. That is because I remember when this album came out for me, I had also been a Taylor Swift fan for me. I like really jumped on the bandwagon in the fearless era, like fearless, fearless to to this day is like near and dear to my heart. I'm literally looking at my desk at my vinyl of fearless Taylor's version. Um, Amazing. But yeah, so I loved Fearless in middle school. And then I just kind of like fell off. Mm -hmm. I think I just like I didn't really listen to the Speak Now album. And then I also, you know, went through a little bit of a moment because I was like, oh, my God, she keeps dating all the boys that I like. And me as like a child not being able to comprehend like anything. I was like, I don't want to listen to Taylor Swift anymore. So I didn't really listen to Speak Now or Red. But then 1989 is what brought me back. Okay, yeah. Because I was like, okay, she's doing something different. I really like these pop songs. I will say, though, Welcome to New York is probably like my least favorite on the album. Mm. Um, Just because I don't think it like – really stands out amongst the other ones but yeah 
We do all know that feeling of when you're a young gal and you move to the city Ooh. and you want to romanticize everything. So of course. Did I listen to it me? occasionally while I was walking through the East Village going to class? Absolutely, I did. Um, <laughs> there is nothing more powerful than being a freshman at NYU. Oh that feeling Just is unmatched. The world, <laughs> that feeling is unmatched. The the um nature like your brain chemistry is like altered mm-hmm. you're like i am going to be famous i'm yeah. on sex in the city i am a girl in girls yeah. i am the, the world is at my fingertips <laughs> leonardo dicaprio will be my next boyfriend like it yeah. is it it would be like someone would text you on a Saturday night and be like, Leonardo DiCaprio's at this club. We're going. Are you coming with? Like, yeah. it was insane for an 18-year-old. It's too much power for a child it's to experience. too much power. It should be illegal. Yeah. You should have to go to school from home until your sophomore year. Yeah. Until <laughs> until your brain is fully formed, you cannot yeah, move until to you're New York 25. City. And that's why kids who, like, are born and raised in the city are a different breed. Like Different breed. For For example, my lovely boyfriend, Matt, born and raised in New York. And I'm like, you are (laughs) something else. (laughs) (laughs) You're uh, you're a little (laughs) so-and-so. Exactly. (laughs) But um, to give you guys a little bit of backstory on how this album came to be, I did watch Mm -hmm. um, just like a little video series kind of thing that Taylor did with the Grammys in 2015 when this album came out kind of breaking down some of like the songs and the production of it and when talking about this album because obviously this was a huge shift for her like we mentioned this is a big genre jump she'd kind of like played with it in red where she was doing some pop elements but still had like very much a country undertone to everything and so she talked about how with uh speak now and red those two albums were very like patchwork tonally where it kind of jumps around all over the Mm. place where it's like you have a banjo here and then it's like just piano and then ballad and then we have a pop song and then we have another country and then everyone was telling her that like red was going to win album of the year they're like you're gonna win you're gonna win you're gonna win you're gonna win and she lost she did not win album of the year for red That is such a good album yeah and she had felt like at the time like red was kind of her magnum opus like it was the best work that she had ever done so when she lost Speak now is my favorite album but interesting <laughs> but anyway yeah <laughs> so when she lost it was like kind of an earth shattering moment so she like went home and mm-hmm. was like okay i'm not gonna like say that they're wrong i'm gonna like look inwardly and be like what am i doing wrong like what am i missing in my work and she had already kind of been feeling the pull to pop music and she'd been playing around with like an 80s synth sound just because like she was getting that impulse and she was like you know what i need to make a sonically cohesive album like i did with fearless Mm -hmm. i need to go all in on i am switching to pop i am doing the synth sound and i'm not going to listen to anything that my label has to say yeah and she got like so many talking to's from the label being like you can't do this you can't do this and she was like i'm doing it Mm -hmm. and she did it yeah and it's pretty crazy that that even like while she was producing it and stuff there the um record label was like okay but we want like a couple of songs with the banjo we want a couple of songs that are like more country and she's like absolutely not and 
her two major producers on the album were uh, Max Martin and Shellback. Mm-hmm. And I believe Max Martin was the one who was working on Red with her and had produced more of the um, electronic influenced pop songs. Yeah. And so she was like, be boo, be boo, pay. I need you. Sorry, I'm holding a phone with my hand. (laughs) She was like, I need you to get on a fucking plane. I need that Swedish pop influence right now. (laughs) Exactly. And so she started penning the more synth, poppy inspired tracks. Um, And she also notes Annie Lennox and Peter Gabriel as major sources of inspiration because she liked Lennox's ability to convey intense thoughts and Gabriel's synth pop style, which created more of an atmosphere behind the lyrics instead of like a produced track Mm -hmm. for the music. And I think that like very much comes through in 1989. Mm And I also very much feel like when 1989 songs begin, a lot of the time there's like this very um, intense like crescendo of yeah. synth music before the lyrics start. So it's kind of like you're introduced to this world and then the lyrics begin, which is also how a lot of Bleacher songs starts. <laughs> yes, this and is like, okay, Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff enters the chat. <laughs> yeah. The, the lifelong collaboration begins. Right. And this also... This album in general also kind of like brought into the d- dialogue, into the discourse, rockist and poptimism, which is like the first time I've heard of these yeah. concepts, learning about 1989's production. But basically, a criticism that journalists and academics have is like a rockist um, outlook where there's like an emotional emotional engagement in songwriting but synth pop or like pop production erodes the artist's integrity so it's like oh like rock music or like more like non-pop music right Mm -hmm. it's more artistically artistic there is more artistic integrity in that sound and like the lyricism that's able to come through and the Mm -hmm. like music production than there is in pop music and then poptimism is being like, no, pop music is actually a great vessel for like conveying ideas and it can be used to make like amazing songs that are well regarded. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting to be like, wow, this is like heady music rhetoric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because when uh when the album came out. It was very well received, but there were yeah. there were also it was divisive again because it was such a shock. Of course, because it was change. also like I'm I have a strong idea, mm-hmm. and anytime someone has a strong idea and makes a strong work of art, it's going to be divisive. Yeah, so a lot of people were like, "Oh, the production is great, but the lyrics are like meh," which I disagree with. But they're different from her insanely like long, vulnerable diary entry tracks. Yeah, but. If you listen to the lyrics, they're yeah. still very like complex and emotionally tied. Absolutely. And I do think that like this is definitely her least emotionally vulnerable album. But I think that's definitely on purpose. If you look at like what she was going through at the time, she was like 22 mm-hmm. as she's writing this album. 
She's been famous for a few years. People are latching onto her personal life in like a crazy way. It's, and that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Creating all of these narratives. There's a lot of slut shaming going on. So like, of course, you're going to want to kind of hold people at arm's length and be like, actually, you're only going to see the narrative that I'm creating for you now. Yeah. And that's why like the song Wildest Dreams, I feel like is so kind of emblematic of like what she wants to do with this whole album is mm-hmm. like create the vision of how she wants to be perceived and how she wants to be remembered by only giving us what she wants to give us. And I think that there's also aside from romance, which is usually the topic of her lyricism. She also just talks about moving to New York and like having this new Mm -hmm. sense of freedom and her experience post like hiding out and being crucified. Yeah. So it's definitely like new ideas, new themes, new sound. Mm-hmm. It's a new um, soundtrack. I could dance to this beat. I could beat. dance to this beat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Before we go too off the rails, of course, we can't talk about this album without also talking about what's going on in her personal life at the time and leading up to this album release and during basically like the writing process of it. She was in a very public relationship with Harry Styles. Oh, my gosh. I just have to preface this by saying (laughs) Christina texts me and she goes, so I created a Harry Styles and Taylor Swift history, just like a timeline. It's six pages. (laughs) But like there are a lot of pictures. Actually, I look through. There's like four pictures. It's just six pages, and I'm, like, reading this on the train, like, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, thinking about the single, like, events. I'm, like, oh, this is this New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. And I'm, like, oh, my God, that makes fucking sense. Or, like, she was at this place with, like, Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber. And I was, like, holy oh my fuck. God. <laughs> my brain is, like, spinning. <laughs> I'm, like, Charlie from It's Always Sunny, yeah. like, with all the strings. <laughs> That's me in this oh episode. Oh, my God. You need to edit that picture. <laughs> Literally. Okay. And so we're at Dick Clark's rocking New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, okay. I want everyone, you know. Go ahead, please. You have go, the floor. go to the bathroom, grab a beverage, because we're going to strap in for six pages of, uh, of notes for you. So <clears throat> it all begins. Oh, my God. March 31st, 2012. You may be thinking, what? No, they dated like at the end of the year. Wrong wrong misconception they actually <laughs> dated for a first time at the start of the year so march 31st 2012 harry and taylor meet for the first time at the kids choice awards in los angeles to put some ages in the mix uh taylor was 22 harry was 18 a youngin for I'm sure boy yeah <laughs> yep yeah. so after watching one direction perform their hit single what makes you beautiful Uh, You can see footage of Taylor dancing in the crowd with Selena Gomez. Taylor asked uh, her BFF's BF, Justin Bieber, to introduce her to One Direction backstage. Because at this time, like, One Direction and Justin had become friends because they were, like, recording in the same studio. That's a whole other thing. So after the show, Taylor, Selena, Justin, and One Direction go out for a fun night out in L.A., which ended with Taylor and Harry sharing a car back to the W Hotel together. And allegedly, you're going to hear this word a lot, allegedly, this is described in her song, The Very First Night, on the Red album. But then the next day, the whirlwind romance is cut short because Taylor has to fly to Nevada. And this is allegedly, allegedly described (laughs) in the song, Come Back, Be Here. (laughs) And the 
music video or at least the little like on Spotify mm-hmm. for Come Back Be Here, like she's the flight attendant mm-hmm. and yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, they made, you know, strong impression right off the bat, but then all of a sudden they're apart. And Harry also tweeted that very day on April 1st, 2012, I feel incredibly lucky to have the life I do. I met some amazing people today and had a lot of fun. Thank you so much. X. So Taylor then flies back to LA while One Direction are still staying in LA at the W Hotel. And that's like only a 20 minute drive from her place in LA. So Taylor and Harry start spending some time together over this the course of this week. Mm. But then on April 6th, One Direction flies to New York because they're performing SNL. So they perform SNL and then immediately jump on a plane to Sydney, Australia on April 9th, where they're doing their like Australasia leg of the Up All Night tour. Up all night and And jump jump around around until we see the sun. Banger, no matter what anybody says. (laughs) So (laughs) One Direction's lyricism? Questionable. Questionable. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite like insane lyric of theirs... There's so it makes many. Me, it makes me laugh every time I think about it. It's in their song, Don't Forget Where You Belong, where they say, if you ever feel alone, don't. Just If you ever feel alone, Just period. don't. <laughs> Just don't feel that way. <laughs> Come on, don't. <laughs> so, April 12th, Taylor then writes the song, Treacherous, and she also went on to hide the lyrics of the song Sweet Disposition in the Red album book. This is going to come back into play later. You may be thinking, why are you telling me this? It's Chekhov's Sweet Disposition. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so April 20th, One Direction are currently in New Zealand on their tour. And that is where Harry is seen hanging out with model Emily Ostley, who was also in the Gotta Be You music video. And they are photographed where he's dropping her off at her house and they are seen kissing at her door. So. Okay, but what I will say just from the photos alone. Yes, I have included the photos in this dissertation. Yes. They actually, it doesn't look like he's embracing her. Mm -mm. It looks like he like put a hand on her and honestly could have even been pushing her away. Mm -hmm. And in the second photo, his hand is down and she is kissing him. So it does seem very much influenced. Like she looks like she was the instigator in the kiss. Yes. I remember when these, I agree. When these photos came out in real time, oh my God, if you you were on Tumblr at this time, you know the bloodbath that ensued (laughs) when these photos came out. But there was a lot of discussion oh of, like, was he into it? Did he instigate it? People were like, he looks so uncomfortable. I'm like, you can only see the back of his head. But <laughs> <laughs> in any case, apparently, Taylor said in an interview with Vanity Fair later on that Harry had texted her in advance to be like, hey, this, like, picture is going to come out of me kissing a friend goodbye, but, like, it's not a big deal. But then she saw the photos and to her, it looked like they were making out. And this is also referenced to one of her songs. I can't remember which one it is, but it's talking about like seeing like, you know, his hands and her hair or something like that. I was like, was it over when you unbutton Exactly. Yeah. So after these photos came out, Taylor breaks up with Harry. They're done after their whirlwind romance of a week and a half. So... After this breakup, she then starts a long string of, like, paparazzi walks. The red era is beginning. 
Uh, she also describes like the breakup in the song, allegedly, allegedly describes the breakup in the song Babe. And at this time, she was also working on the songs Run and Everything Had Changed with Ed Sheeran. And both of these songs have references to couples where one of them has green eyes, one of them has blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Their eye colors are very important because it comes up in both of their songwriting a lot. That's crazy. So Harry then allegedly starts dating (laughs) Emily Attack, who's a British actress from The Inbetweeners. We then fast forward to June 2nd, 2012, and Taylor writes the song, I Knew You Were Trouble. Love. She then later on goes on to suggest that the song is about Harry after she performs it at the 2013 Brit Awards, because when asked if it was a difficult performance, she said, well, it's not hard to access that emotion when the person the song is directed at is standing by the side of the stage watching, and One Direction were in the front row when she performed that song. So, I would say allegedly, but it's basically confirmed that I Knew Your Trouble (laughs) is about Mr. Styles. We then go to July 1st. Taylor goes to Massachusetts for some 4th of July celebrations hosted by the Kennedys. As one does. Yeah, very cash. And that is where she meets a 17-year-old Connor Kennedy. Apparently, their their short little summer fling began after his 18th birthday that summer. Who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? Um, <laughs> but yes, they do date very briefly. Um, August 13th, 2012, Taylor announces the Red Album. And by September, her and Connor have broken up because he's going off to college and Taylor is, you know, on the promo tour for Red. Mm-hmm. We then go to September 6th and Taylor and Harry reconnect at the VMAs, but they don't get back together. She spends the rest of her month, like the month promoting the album, but they do officially get back together in October 2012. Okay. So they both attend the Teen Awards in London, and Harry is seen like throwing Taylor over his shoulder and like carrying her fireman style after her rehearsal. And this reunion of theirs is then allegedly described in How You Get the Girl from 1989. Taylor. I mean, like, how could you not? But also, like, Mm -hmm. this is so bad. Don't do it. Yeah. So then October 17th, Taylor writes This Love. The first song written for 1989 about this reunion with Harry Styles. This love I is love good. This, this love. love is bad. This love is this alive, alive back, back from, from the, the dead. dead. Um. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so October 22nd, Red is released out in the public. And on November 8th, Taylor is photographed wearing Harry's paper airplane necklace. And I can see it. Mm-hmm. The pictures are here. This was the first picture that I actually included in this dissertation, and then I went back and included (laughs) some more. But yes, if you were a One Direction girly, like you knew about this paper airplane necklace, he wore it all the time. So when the photo of Taylor wearing it came up, everyone was like, oh my God, it was a big deal. This paper airplane necklace also gets referenced in Out of the Woods, both in the lyrics and it is actually used in the music video as well. That's baller. Yeah. Like that's poignant. If there's anything Miss Swift loves, it's an Easter egg. So. So true. <laughs> yes. Then November 18th, Taylor starts filming the I Knew You Were Trouble music video starring a Broadway baby, Reeve Carney. I always forget that he is the guy in this, but he is literally uh, Orpheus from Town and was also wow. Peter Parker in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, the musical, the failed musical. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyways. 
he is cast as the guy, and they also do like a fake giant uh, ship tattoo on his bicep, which resembles the one that Harry has in real life. So you may remember my reference to Sweet Disposition and Temper Trap earlier. That comes back now because on November 28th, Taylor met the band Temper Trap and asked them to write the lyrics of Sweet Disposition for her boyfriend, like to handwrite them because Harry actually had the lyrics to the song incorrectly tattooed on his arm. And she was like, oh, he would love this. So that's confirmation by November. She is now calling him her boyfriend. But then by December 2nd, 2012, Harry and Taylor take things public. Mm -hmm. So it is on this day that they are photographed on a date at the Central Park Zoo, accompanied by... uh, Harry's like good friend and One Direction's hairstylist, Lou Teasdale, and her small little baby, Lux, who is now 12 years old. That realization was shocking to me because I always think of this child <laughs> as still a baby because like she was always on tour with them. So like there's okay, tons yeah. of pictures from this time of like Harry with this baby. So everyone all like knew who baby Lux was. And I'm like, you're now in middle school. That's that's insane. wild. But yeah, these photos spread like wildfire. It was a huge deal. Taylor is wearing a sweater with a fox on it, and it is- We are the foxes, they are the hunters, and we run- Exactly, yeah. The thought is that that is the (laughs) reference in I Know Places. So we go to December 6th, and Taylor and Harry go to this party with Ed Sheeran and One Direction. At this party, they do some karaoke. They duet a Stevie Wonder song. They also move all the tables and chairs to make a dance floor, also referenced in Out of the Woods. And there's like a very infamous photo of them recreating like the dirty dancing lift at this party. It looks pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like I would be so annoyed if like Harry Styles and Taylor Swift were like, let's do this thing for everyone. Let's move all the chairs and tables and we're gonna do the dirty (laughs) dancing lift (laughs) oh to be 22 again so (laughs) harry and taylor then take things to another level they fly to uh the lake district in northern england and this is where he introduces her to his family so meeting the parents they also spend her 23rd birthday in bowis on windermere and they actually go to beatrix potter world on her birthday And Taylor later told Vanity Fair in an interview that during this trip, Harry had, like, disappeared one night. And then after that, he just, like, didn't seem like he was in it anymore. Like, he didn't want to keep going in the relationship. That's so weird. So, yeah. Don't really know what exactly happened that one particular night when he went off on his own. But in any case, things changed after that. So the next week, they fly back to the States and they actually go on a little like ski trip holiday in Park City with Taylor's brother Austin, Justin Bieber, and Selena Gomez. But this trip was cut short because while Harry and Taylor are riding on a snowmobile, Harry is driving, she's on the back, he crashes the snowmobile. And this was again a very big deal because nobody knew about it at the time it was kept like super hush hush they were rushed to the hospital and like kept overnight nobody knew about it until after 1989 came out Mm -hmm. because she references this crash 20 stitches in the hospital room Mm -hmm. you started crying baby i did too i did too uh (laughs) he hit the brakes too soon (laughs) there's nothing better than like a horrible well it sounds like luckily like they weren't hurt Mm -hmm. too 
badly, but like an almost terrifying like injury to bond to people. Yes. That's a, that's called a trauma bond, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah. it can potentially save a relationship that's failing. Mm-hmm. So they like when this came out, Taylor was asked in an interview, like, how come nobody knew that this happened? Like one of the most famous people in the world gets in an accident and is in a hospital. And she was like, well, I like only keep people that I can really trust close to me. Like I have really good friends and I know the people that I can trust and I know that they're not going to like talk to the media and the people that do, like I don't tell them those things. So it does seem like her personal life, generally speaking, Mm -hmm. like, you know, she's public with her relationships, but we've never really heard of her like doing drugs or like getting shit faced or Mm -hmm. like, and I'm sure she doesn't, maybe she doesn't usually do those things, but like She's she's definitely gotten drunk in her life. Like, that's oh, yeah. just being realistic. There's actually – there's a lot of references, especially in her work, like, after 1989, where she talks yeah. about drinking, like, a lot, actually, in some ways where I'm like, you good? You all right. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So I I can only assume that, like, Selena and whoever yeah. else, like, they're very tight-lipped. Yes, exactly. So we then go to New Year's Eve 2012. Taylor performs in Times Square for Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. And Harry actually surprises her by watching from the crowd. And at midnight, like in the crowd with all the the normies out there, they kiss (laughs) in front of everybody. So these photos also went crazy on the internet. People lost their minds. It was insane. So after this big New Year's kiss... In January, they then take a little trip to St. John's, uh, just a little Caribbean holiday. There's, like, photos of them with fans in a restaurant, and uh, allegedly this is, like, what is referenced in my favorite Taylor Swift song of all time, Right Where You Left Me. During this trip, however, Taylor and Harry break up. Aww. They split ways. Harry goes to Richard Branson's private island. Why is that what happens? Like I, <laughs> like I read this and I was like, "Am I dreaming? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? Yeah, why is he there? Eighteen-year-old Harry there? goes to Richard Branson's island. He's like, and you're like, and then Harry went to Epstein's <laughs> island. <laughs> and I'm like, what? what? He's on the flight logs? Especially because in this document, I have side by side the photo of him in Richard Branson's hot tub. <laughs> And then the viral photo of Taylor sitting alone on a boat in a blue dress outside of customs, leaving the Caribbean alone. We have to recreate this at some point. Mm -hmm. This this photo was memed into oblivion. I bet. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. So by January 7th, uh, sources confirm the breakup. Mm -hmm. And... February 10th, 2013, Taylor performs We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together at the Grammys. She opens the Grammys with this song, and during it, she imitates Harry's British accent during the he calls me up and he's like, I still love you portion <laughs> of the song. Imagine us like it's not in that, that gauche, position where like <laughs> I still love you. She's more like, I still love you. But yeah. Yeah. But the way I would go sicko mode in a Cockney accent. <laughs> oh, I still love you, don't I? Oh, I. <laughs> in it down. Let me put me crumpet down. <laughs> I still love you. I'm from London town. Yeah. 
cherry out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so things are then quiet for many, many months. You know, we don't hear anything. Harry, he actually following this ends up dating um, Kimberly Stewart, Rod Stewart's daughter, who is fully in her thirties. Um, wow. He also dates like a string of Victoria's Secret models. Mm -hmm. We then go to August 25th, 2013. Taylor and Harry both attend the VMAs separately, of course. Taylor wins the award for the uh, I Knew You Were Trouble music video. And in her speech, she says, you know, this this is just awesome. I also want to thank the person who inspired this song, who knows exactly who he is, because now I got one of these. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's brutal the cameramen <laughs> knew exactly what they were doing because they cut right to harry styles they said amy camera three mm -hmm. zoom in zoom we, in we cut to at this point 20 year old harry styles he's his hair is grown out he's got his shirt unbuttoned down to his belly button practically he's clapping slowly and chewing gum with like the smuggest little shit eating look on his face yeah <laughs> So, once again, all is pretty quiet publicly until October 27th, 2014, and Taylor releases 1989. Just for context, like, it goes from this VMAs thing, 20, August 25th, 2013, to October 27, mm -hmm. yeah. 2014. So, almost a year later. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when this album comes out, there's a lot of speculations about the Harry references in the songs. And right. when asked in an interview about the song's style, she said, the song is actually about those kinds of relationships that are never really done. You know, you always kind of have that person, that one person who you feel like might interrupt your wedding and be like, don't do it because we're not over yet. I think everyone has that one person who kind of floats in and out of their life and is never like the narrative is never truly over. And the interviewer asked, do you have that person? And she says, like I said, everybody has that person. She's like, if you're listening to my fucking answer, bitch. She's like, the song is called Style. All right. <laughs> Who do you think Harry it's about? Harry Style. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ooh, Taylor. You know, 1989 is out. She's doing all the promo for it. December 2nd, 2014. Harry and Taylor are spotted chatting at the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which Taylor performed at. I remember that. Yeah, things seem like pretty amicable. Then we flash forward another year, October 16th, 2015. One Direction releases their album, Made in the AM. And on this album is the song Perfect, which is allegedly about Harry and Taylor's relationship. Can't wait to get like sued for this <laughs> uh, defamation. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. So the lyrics are, and if you like Cameron's flashing every time we go out, and if you're looking for someone to write your breakup songs about, baby, I'm perfect. Mm. So when asked about the song, Harry said, very diplomatic answer, I think, I think people interpret songs <laughs> in different ways. I'm never going to tell someone what a song's about because I feel like it's up to them. Okay, sure. So we then go to New Year's Eve 2015, Taylor releases the Out of the Woods music video. And there's a lot of references to Harry, not only in the song, obviously, but in the music video as well. She's wearing a blue dress, just like she was in that 
boat photo. Uh, We also see the paper airplane necklace. And she also has, which I didn't even notice until literally today, when I saw it like pointed out in a TikTok video that I watched, I watched so many TikToks and read so many articles to compile all this information. This is footnoted. But no, I, it's not. <laughs> but like mentally it is. Yeah. But she does have an extremely faint HS written on her wrist that you can see for like a split second in one frame. So you do the math. Wow. It's not a TS? No. Like Taylor Swift. Yeah. It looks like. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it could be, but it doesn't look like a T for sure. Mm -hmm. We then flash forward to April 18th, 2017, and a year-long interview with Harry is published by Cameron Crowe for Rolling Stone. What do you mean by a year-long interview? So he was interviewed like continuously over a year for them to like write this article about him. So when asked about like dating Taylor and specifically referencing like the day that those uh, like the Central Park photos came out, mm-hmm. he said, when I see photos from that day, I think relationships are hard at any age and adding in that you don't really understand exactly how it works when you're 18, trying to navigate that stuff didn't make it easier. I mean, you're a little bit awkward to begin with. You're on a date with someone you really like. It should be that simple, right? It was a learning experience for sure, but at the heart of it, I just wanted it to be a normal date. And when he was asked if he had a message for Taylor, he actually thanked her for their time together and said, certain things don't work out. There's a lot of things that can be right, and it's still wrong. In writing songs about stuff like that, I like tipping a hat to the time together. You're celebrating the fact that it was powerful and made you feel something rather than this didn't work out and that's bad. Mm -hmm. If you run into that person, maybe it's awkward. Maybe you have to get drunk, but you shared something. Meeting someone new, sharing those experiences. It's the best shit ever. So thank you. So it seems like, you know, as he's grown and matured, he has a lot of reverence for her and their relationship and the time they spent together. So May 12th. 2017, Harry releases his self-titled debut album, and once again, there's a lot of speculation about the song Two Ghosts, if it's about Taylor, because there are references to red lips and blue eyes, and it's about like the deterioration of a relationship. And after the release of 1989 Taylor's version, there's also been a lot of speculation that the song From the Dining Table is about Taylor, because of course... Taylor has the song, Now That We Don't Talk, and in in the song From the Dining Table, some of the lyrics are, we haven't spoke since you went away, comfortable silence is so overrated, why won't you ever be the first one to break, even my phone misses your call, by the way. And he also has a lyric that says, woke up the girl who looked just like you, I almost said your name, which in the song now that, or is it in the song, is it over now? Yeah, where she says, your new girl is my clone. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure it's, it's – And there's references now. to, like, him liking blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girls, which he has dated a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's like I can almost guarantee – I will surmise that you'll probably date her. Yeah. Right. So March 2nd, 2020, Harry goes on the Howard Stern show, and when asked about Taylor allegedly writing songs about him, he said, I think about what it means to me to write a song about somebody else and for somebody else to do that. It's like flattering. Even if the song isn't that flattering, you still spent time on it. And ultimately, using Taylor as an example, she's a great songwriter. So at least they're good songs. We then have our last, you know, kind of moments of Harry and Taylor in the public. March 15th, 2021, Harry and Taylor are photographed together for the first time since 2014. 
as they chatted at the Grammys, both of them winning Grammys, him for Watermelon Sugar and her for Folklore. October 21st, 2022, Taylor releases Midnights, which has songs written, you know, over the course of her lifetime. And the song Question is allegedly about her relationship with Harry. February 5th, 2023, Harry and Taylor are spotted chatting at the Grammys once again. Taylor was seen dancing along to his As It Was performance, and she also stood and clapped for him during his Album of the Year win, while many people in the crowd were booing him, calling for Beyonce to have won. Interesting. Because she, of course, has experienced almost the same exact situation in her life when she one for right. video of the That's year what I was thinking Kanye you know that whole thing that it's interesting though that um obviously like no one likes getting booed yeah. and it's messed up but it is interesting that like in both cases it seems like Beyonce didn't get acknowledged yes. for like making this like grand amazing like work of art mm-hmm. which also does like call into question just the like distribution of Grammys. Oh yeah. The racially. Like that, that the whole Grammys organization is so fucked in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk. That was the Harry and Taylor portion of the episode. Hope it was informative. Hope you enjoyed. And thank you to all of the people on TikTok who I was able to compile this information from. Wow. Thank you. You should write a paper on this, dude. I'm sweating. You already read it pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If anyone wants access to this document, I can make it public with all the photo references. (laughs) Yes. And now that we've covered this entire timeline, Mm -hmm. I think that we might be able to actually delve in and let you know a little bit more from track to track, our opinions, our thoughts, and our favorite lyrics. Let's do it. All right. We are starting off with the first song on the album, Welcome to New York. Did I absolutely walk through Washington Square Park <laughs> listening to this song mm-hmm. on occasion? Yes. Mm-hmm. We've all okay. been there. We've all done it. <laughs> it's just that when a song like Welcome to New York comes out mm-hmm. and you are a freshman at NYU. You've just like, been welcomed. You not? <laughs> li- literally. And – to make matters worse, so as you might know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, ta- I'm speaking as to you as in like the general, anyone who's listening to this, Taylor Swift was the speaker mm-hmm. for what What year was it? 2022? Was, was it just 2022? Either 2021, 2022, something like that. Yes. At the graduation. Yeah, she was the graduation keynote speaker, and my boyfriend did not go to that graduation. (gasps) Joshua. Josh. You missed Taylor Swift speaking at graduation. Doesn't give a single fuck. Shameful. Absolutely shameful. And I'm like, if if I knew you and we were dating, I would have made you go. (laughs) I would have made you go so I could go and see her speak. Yeah. Um, but that's just so cool to like have such a big guest do the speech. I would literally lose my mind 
if yeah. that happened our year. Instead, we had Justin Trudeau. <laughs> Which was, <laughs> was at cool the at the time. time. It was cool. cool and you got a picture with Justin Trudeau because he met all the Canadian graduates. Yeah, they had a special little reception for all the Canadian graduations. And, and by like reception, I mean we stood in a line and like shook his hand and took a photo and then we had to leave. But <laughs> <laughs> they were like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, all right, next. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. And then he put on like a genie costume. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then he pulled out some paint. We were like, whoa, man, what you doing over there? <laughs> put that brush down. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. anyways. <laughs> but the welcome point is, welcome to New York. It was a, a statement to open up the album with welcome to New York because it is so different from Red and from any other album. And like yeah. very synth pop, like starts it off with that just – right in front Mm -hmm. and really like no mention of her romantic history it's more of like i am having this new chapter in my life and i'm experiencing living in a new place yeah i think it was like her first time really living on her own i know that um from this interview that vogue has now taken down which is interesting because I'm not going to get, like, super far. Oh, did she far. talk about um, – what's her name? Carly Kloss. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to get super far into the Kaler of it all because that would take a million years and we don't have time. But <laughs> – After the Haler timeline, we don't have time. <laughs> we don't have time. time for another timeline. <laughs> um, Carly did say in this interview that she is the one who convinced Taylor to move to New York because she was actually thinking about moving to London. Um, because she wanted a change, she wanted to like reinvent herself, and Carly was like, "No, absolutely not. You're not moving to London. You're moving to New York so that you can live near me because we're best friends and nothing more, nothing more." Um, but yeah, so it was definitely like a big reinvention chapter for her. She was in like a new city on her own, like not really close to family for the first time, mm-hmm. and. Like, we both know that experience very well as people who moved to New York in our youth. And while the song, I do think, is, like, a little bit cheesy. Yeah. And, you know, it it does it does capture that the beautiful naivete of a young transplant <laughs> moving to Manhattan for the first time. It's a fun song. It's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. I do like it. And I think that the... The build of it is pretty good, especially, like, when it kind of quiets down in the bridge before we explode back into this, like, super punchy chorus. So. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's fine. It's not my fave, but it's all right. Yeah. I can appreciate it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think I would have hated it, though, if this album had come out, like, literally two months earlier because this song would have played at every single Welcome Week event. Oh, Yeah. Instead, we just got Empire State of Mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually a good song. But when you hear it like 50 times in your first week of college, you're like, Mm -hmm. I would I would pay to never hear it again. Never again. I really feel bad for the people who were freshmen when that song came out, because I'm sure it was even worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But with that being said, um, what's your what's your standout lyric? What's your favorite lyric from the song? Um, everybody here wanted something more searching for a sound we hadn't heard before, which Mm. I feel like perfectly encompasses. If you move to New York, you are definitely moving to a place where you're like, I need to live in a city. Like I want a new experience. Mm -hmm. I I've 
traveled, there is nowhere in the world like New York. Yeah. There's just not a single place that is remotely similar. There are other cities, of course, but they're very different. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My my standout lyric is from the chorus. The lights are so bright, but they never blind me. Mm. But yeah. So let's move forward to <laughs> Blank Space. One of the singles from the yes. album. Yes. This song was a moment. Like, this song was mm-hmm. a game-changing moment for Taylor, I feel. And when this, you know, re-release came out, she mentioned that it was kind of came down between Blank Space and Slut to be on the album. Oh, I thought it was Style and Slut. Is it Blank no. Space? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and that makes sense. Thank God. <laughs> That she chose Blank I Space. Like I, I like Slut. I like Slut. But, it, but Blank it's Space not was Blank such Space. a hit. And mm-hmm. I feel like it was really the first time she criticized men in her lyrics. Like she was outright – oh, I thought this was your favorite – it's my favorite lyric. <laughs> I was like – so my standout lyric is, boys only want love if it's torture. Don't say I didn't warn you. And I was like, so true and clean. <laughs> so and, true. <laughs> And, like, that sentiment of, like, you know, being in love, but it's also, like, horrendous and, like, Mm heart-wrenching. And it's such an upbeat song, too. I think that, like, it became – it did become very popular. Like, people loved this song. Yeah. I love the cheekiness of this song. I love how she really leaned into, like, the satire of, like, the person that the media has painted her to be. Because mm-hmm. this song is really a, a response to that. And I was, you know, watching an interview with her earlier where she was saying that, like, she was thinking about the person that they had, like, created of her, about this crazy girl who, like, she could have any man that she wants. But then when she gets one, she's, like, super clingy. And then it drives them away because, like, she's so crazy. And the craziest thing about the way that the media portrays her is that despite us maybe seeing her with different men at different points in her life, we have no idea what goes on. Like, I feel like we never on camera see, like, Taylor and Harry got into a screaming match or, like, Taylor, like, throws a chair in a hotel and they're, like – like, we never hear about any of that. It's just that we see them together and then we don't see them together. Like, we have Mm -hmm. no kind of insight on what's going on. Yeah. She's simply just dating like any normal – Young lady would. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, instead of like making a song that's like, fuck you guys, like you don't know me kind of thing, she decided to like be that girl, be that character that they've created and like write from her perspective because she's like, what a gift because like what an insane character. Um, yeah. So that's how like this song came to be. There's a video. Oh, absolutely. Song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, the video is also, like, very dramatic. She's in this super lavish mansion. Yes, yes. Um, I really love that the standout of the song is the vocals. Like, the the track itself is pretty sparse. Like, there's not a lot going on behind the kind of, like, heavy, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do and the beat. So it's, like, her voice and the lyrics can really stand out. And there's so many really, really clever lyrics throughout that I had a hard time just, like, picking one favorite. But one that I really liked, which I had never really even thought about this lyric before, was I can read you like a magazine. Because obviously it's a play (laughs) on, like, the reading someone like a book. 
like a magazine. But it's like so easy that it's as easy as reading a magazine, which you can literally just like flip through and there's not a lot of substance to it, which I just thought was like a really clever lyric and yeah. uh, a nice little dig. So and just so you like if you haven't seen the video, I really recommend it. Mm-hmm. Just for like some enticing reasons to watch it. The director for the music video took inspiration from a clockwork orange for the video's symmetrical framing style. And it does make it feel like a horror-esque vibe. Mm. There's also an homage to her destroying her boyfriend's car with a golf club as like a reference to Tiger Woods' 2009 cheating scandal. Oh. So it's a pretty intense music video. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But this, I recommend. this song, I think, like, I think the trajectory of her career, honestly, would have been so different if it was not for this single. Wow. Because it was so successful yeah. that, like, it it really cemented that her moving into pop was, like, the right choice. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, like, Shake It Off did well, but this was, like, another level. And I will say, when it played at our friend's wedding a mere month ago, we were all oh, on the dance wow, floor. Yeah. And we were having a great time. It was fun. Yeah. The next track, though, is the one I think about, like, dancing to, yeah. like, going out and dancing to. Style. Ugh. It's just such a fun song. And, mm-hmm. like, even though it is about – um, well, it's, it's about infidelity in a relationship, but also, like, going – Getting like back on together. again, off yeah. again. Yeah. Exactly. That on again, off again. Like we're so – and something I appreciate about style is like they're so into each other. Mm-hmm. And then it's so like, oh, you fucked me over and it's like, but I did too. Yeah. And then they're like, eh, and just making out again. Like goes mm-hmm. – yeah. Oh, it's the so good. The music production is so fun on style. It is. Honestly, like in my eyes, this is a perfect pop song. Like this is pop perfection. Yeah, it's pop perfection. The production, the it's pop perfection. Um, <laughs> the production of it is insane. I love the guitar, like the opening riff. I will say, on the Taylor's version, I don't think it hits as hard as the original. Mm. That's because we Tell don't how you have feel. we don't have Max Martin producing this one, and I do know that like with. The, you know, legal side of the right the re-records, like, there have to be significant differences in the production of it. So it's not, like, a one-for-one copy. So, of course, some things are going to sound a little bit different, but I don't think the production is as strong on this one, which, like, a lot of people have pointed out that the Taylor's version almost sounds like a karaoke version. Not her mm-hmm. vocals, but, like, the the track itself. Oh, interesting. It just doesn't have the same like, mm, like the same punch to it in a lot of places. One part in particular that sticks out to me is like in the chorus, because like you have the kind of phase one of the chorus and phase two, and there's like a big clap, like a big like booming clap that happens in the original, and in the re-record it's like, it's just like a little hee hee, and I'm like, oh weird, no, where's the big like pop? So it's just missing a little bit of oomph for me. But in any case, like, I still love the song. It's still an amazing song. And um, I also think, especially with the the vault tracks that, of course, we'll talk to when they – we'll talk about when they come up. But style for me feels like the 
the sister song to Is It Over Now? Because mm. those are both about like an on again, off again relationship. But style is the part where you're like into it. And Is It Over Now is the part where you're, you're really like, I'm done. upset. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're just <laughs> two sides. Now. <laughs> two sides of the same coin to me. But yeah, I, I love this song. It's it's truly it's incredible. It's probably one of my favorites on the album. Yeah. And what's your standout lyric? My standout lyric is in the pre-chorus where she says, and I should just tell you to leave because I know exactly, know exactly where it where leads, leads, but I watch us go round and round each time. You've got that James, James Dean today dream. Yeah. Um, my standout lyric is this. I don't know if it's the bridge. Or if it's another verse where she says this, but it, like the music changes. Oh, it's yeah, it's the it's the second verse. Okay, it's the second verse. Um, so it goes, he can't keep his wild eyes on the road. Takes me home. The lights are off. He's taken off my coat. But then I didn't include this, but it is the whole like verse where she's like, I heard. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've, you've been, been out and about, about with, with some, some other, other girls. girls. Some other girls. <laughs> He said, he said, what you heard is true, true, but I can't stop, stop thinking about, about you. you and I, I said, I've been there, there too, too a few times. So it's like, you fucked, you're fucking me over. Like, you're literally seeing other people or like, yeah. we're not exclusive, but I'm like, oh, I've I done too. that as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I almost picked um, from that verse as well because that yeah. whole verse. Oh, it's so good. But I mean, once again, we are learning that Harry Styles is a bad driver. Um, can't keep his wild eyes on the road. Hits the brake <laughs> too soon. Yeah, he twenty stitches in a hospital room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which leads perfectly into our next song, "Out of the Woods." Wow, <sighs> this song again, another favorite. I just imagine like this insane like roller coaster ride of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, are we finally done? Like, are we finally over the hard times? Like, mm-hmm. please, God. <laughs> yeah. And that's what she said. Like, in when talking about this song, she's like, yeah, it's about a relationship where it was so filled with anxiety, where it was like, okay, what's the next hurdle we're going to have to overcome? What's the next thing? Like, I just kept thinking, are we good now? Are we okay now? Like, what's coming for us next? Like, are we going to finally be able to, like, take a breath? Yeah. Um, so when she heard this track, cause this was one of her, this album is kind of her first experience with writing to track. Mm. Normally she'll, you know, create the melodies and the lyrics at the same time, but working with Jack, Jack Antonoff, he likes to create tracks, give them to her. She'll put the lyrics, do the melody and like, they'll work together. Oh, Jack. <laughs> oh, Mr. Antonoff. So <laughs> he was like, yeah, I like made this track and he played it for her and the song came to her like fully formed pretty much instantly. Like the yeah. first voice note that she sent to him was almost exactly what you hear in the actual song lyrically, which is kind of crazy that she – it like all came to her so quickly. But she said that like the yeah. the anxiety-inducing feeling of the production, it just like – popped into her head whenever i think about them writing songs together all i can think of is in like miss americana when the getaway like, car yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i stole the key that was the last time you ever saw oh my I'm god in a getaway oh car my and god. you're losing my something 
Yeah. And then you get away, car. You le- left you at the motel bar. Motel put, bar. Put, the money, put the money in the bag and I stole the key. That was the last time you ever saw me. Like, it just... <laughs> <laughs> it's like these two white people and they're like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, we discovered fire. <laughs> I mean, like, we solved it. The bridge to getaway car is fire. I will say, <laughs> Joe, we did it. <laughs> we did it, Joe. We did it, Jack. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we did it, Jack. Um, oh lord. Yeah, pretty crazy. But again, the song is so good. And it's so like I'm like revved up listening to mm-hmm. listening to it. But it also makes me think of like when people talk about how. One of Taylor's draws is that it's so universally mm-hmm. uh, relatable. When I think of Out of the Woods, I think of like that feeling of anxiety and and just not being sure if the person that you love or mm-hmm. like or whatever is like reciprocating at every moment of your yeah. relationship. And that's just something I don't miss about being like early 20s, late mm-hmm. teens. Because now when I like and am in a serious relationship with someone or like – dating someone it's like i'm not gonna be with you if i'm having to guess if you're gonna like me tomorrow like i'm fucking not doing that but it sucks because when you're younger like you don't know you don't know what you're doing in your life right Mm -hmm. because you're you're young like you're in college or you're figuring like your career out whatever and you're just in such a liminal space that it's so hard to dedicate yourself to someone and just like honestly like out of a lot of people's capacity to even do that yeah it it made me think of like we talked about in the 500 days of summer episode like that sinking stomach feeling where you're like i don't know if like this is going to be over tomorrow like if i don't text this person back will i ever hear from them ever again Mm -hmm. like or like waiting around for someone mm -hmm. who doesn't end up showing up yeah the love kernels like Makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I think she like nails that that feeling in this song so well. And just like when you feel like inevitably something will come to an end, mm-hmm. but you're just like kind of waiting for that point. Like how long can I keep this thing going even though I know it can't last? Yeah. Th- and like this is I think one of the songs, especially where her songwriting really stands out, which I'm like, why are people saying the critics being like, oh, the songwriting isn't that good? I'm like. Were you not fucking dialed in to Out of the Woods? Because I was. Yeah. Um, But my favorite lyric, I, again, had a very hard time picking just one. But I did pick from The Bridge, which is just such a hard-hitting bridge, at the very end where she says, but the monsters turned out to be just trees. When the sun came up, you were looking at me. Uh. But yeah, I just love that idea of all the – the anxiety and the the outside forces that you built up in your head um not actually being there and maybe being like self-created there are so many i mean her i think her lyricism is really good in this one like you mm-hmm. mentioned i don't know i think that the lyric like the rest of the world is black and white but we were in screaming color yeah that very much encapsulate like that early tw- early 20s like Wow. It's just like you feel understood. Mm-hmm. Finally, you're like someone is making my world brighter. Yeah. The way that line ate on Tumblr. Oh, I'm oh sure. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm positive. 
Especially with like a black and white photo and then like a color photo next to it or something. So good. Uh, All you had to do was stay. This is a great, especially with the production on, I wish I had like better terms to talk about it because I can't like discern what instruments are in Mm -hmm. what songs. Like just I'm not like versed in that way. But the way that all you had to do was stay. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da. Like it's just so like um, the way it like punches up. It's like hitting every yeah syllable. Um, it I don't know. It just gets me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is this is track five, and Taylor has kind of always. I don't I don't know when she like started doing this. If this has been from the beginning, actually, but like track five is usually reserved for her most like emotionally hard-hitting or vulnerable song on the album like it's a very special place on each of her album whatever she chooses to be like track five so this is definitely the song that taylor has considered like the most emotionally vulnerable and hard-hitting and truthfully like i didn't really ever you know latch on to this song when the album first came out it was kind of like a whatever song to me but listening to the taylor's version and also i think just like me being older and having more like dating experience now i it's definitely like hit a lot more for me and i'm able to appreciate the vulnerability in the song because we don't get like a ton of vulnerability throughout the album so yeah i really am appreciating it in the past like couple weeks in a way that i hadn't before and it's mm-hmm. slowly becoming one of my favorites on the album. I just realized that my standout track was actually my standout track for Out of the Woods. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, I was like, this is this lyric isn't in this song. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that being said, my, my standout lyric for this one is, people like you always want back the love they pushed aside, but people like me are gone forever when you say goodbye. People like you. Always want back the love they push aside. People, People like me are gone, gone forever. When, when you say, say goodbye, stay. <laughs> <laughs> all you meant to do was stay. stay. Sorry, Taylor, for butchering all of your music. It's out of high reverence. <laughs> when I was watching Mystic Americana, I was like, oh, you can't actually sing. Like, Yeah. <laughs> have you seen, have you uh, gone to the Eras Tour movie? No, I haven't yet. I haven't. Next week is the last week. Oh, fuck me. I guess I'll have to go. Yeah. I'll probably go at the end of the week. I am. Um, yeah, I'm planning to go next week because I haven't gone yet. I was like considering not going because I am going to the Eras tour. I'm so jealous. I am going. I was one of the lucky few. I Some might say I'm one in 31 million because I'm one of 31 million people who sign up for a code. I don't know how, <laughs> but I got one and I will be there next November. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. Like, I want to be able to, you know, see the concert in person for the first time. But nah, I'm going to go to the movie as well. Yeah. No, you should because I'm sure it's also like a different experience. Yeah. Being in the movies. But I want – if I go to see it, I want to go on like a night that I know it will be crowded. So it will be like a party. Yeah, like next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into that. And what is your uh, standout lyric from All You Had to Do Is Stay? I thought that – I'm, like, wondering if I'm thinking of a lyric from um, 
another another track. But no, this is it's like all you had to do is stay. I thought that there was a lyric where it was like, if you had told me to stay, like I would have. But I think that I'm thinking of another song. Are you thinking of Say Don't Go? Yep, absolutely. So anyways, <laughs> for this track, <laughs> I think my standout lyric is, um, had me in the palm of your hand, then why do you have to go and lock me out when I let you in? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That was another one that I was choosing between because it's just brutal. Yeah. Harry, man, look what you did. <laughs> look what you made me do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All you had to do was stay. Yeah. But instead you went to Richard Branson's private island. Private island <laughs> while I was waiting in the customs on a boat. Mm-hmm. Alone. Yeah. But it's okay because you know what she's going to do? She's going to shake it off. And that's our next track. <laughs> Did you see my standout lyric? <laughs> I did not until just now. <laughs> it was tricky for me to pick out a standout lyric, truthfully, yeah. for this one. It's not my fave. I don't dislike mm-hmm. the song, honestly. Like, if it comes on, I'm having a good time. Again, it came on at our friend's wedding, and we were all, you know, I love how we're, like, it. it came on. There was a live band. It came on. Yeah, the band performed yeah, it. <laughs> it. She was a great singer, the, yeah, the lead vocalist. Absolutely. And I did see, apparently, with this song, so she had a writing set or, like, a recession with um, Max Martin and Shellback, and she, like, just didn't have really any ideas like she didn't have a melody in mind at all which is like not super normal for her she just felt kind of like tapped out she's like i have an idea of like what kind of song i want to write but i have no melody in my head so she got into the studio and was like yeah like i have this idea for a song that's just kind of about like shaking off you know the bad stuff and i want it to sound like you know you're at a wedding and there's one girl who like hasn't got on the dance floor all night and then this song comes on all of her friends are like oh my god come on like you have to dance to this one and then she finally gets up and dances can you make a melody for me <laughs> <laughs> can you can put you some things in a bowl and mix it up and just do put that. It in the oven <laughs> <laughs> so then they started with the drums and apparently she's always been very anti horns Like, she likes horns in other songs, but, like, just never felt like she could pull them off in her own music. So specific. Was always like, no, no horns, never, never, never. And then Max Martin starts playing around with, like, a horn sound. She was like, what are you doing? No. (laughs) You're fired. (laughs) We're done. This collaboration is over. Album canceled. (laughs) But he was like, no, 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 I have some ideas. And so he starts playing these chords. And in her mind, they weren't, like, chorus chords. And she was like, how the hell am I supposed to make a chorus? And the hate is gonna hate. And it came to her <laughs> as the horns and are how playing. The hell? <laughs> and the play is gonna play, play, yeah. play, play, play. Yeah. So that's how it came to be. Um, yeah, like I said, it's it's not a particularly deep song. It is giving yeah. a little bit like target commercial. Um and it certainly probably was a target commercial. The probably. music video itself is very also like grand and she it's a it's a funny song like yeah. she's acknowledging that it is very like silly and fun and just kind of like free flowing 
which I can appreciate. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it's one of those songs where I can't like look deeply into it. And and for that, I have no standout lyric. <laughs> Your standout lyric isn't uh you could have been getting down to this sick beat. My ex-man brought his new girlfriend. To this sick beat. Da, 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 da. My ex-man brought, brought his, his new girlfriend. girlfriend. She's like, said, oh, oh my god. god. I just I'm just gonna shake. Take it to the fella over there with the hella good hair. Come on over, baby. We can shake, shake, shake. See, you don't like the song, and yet you know the whole bridge. How interesting. How dare you? Know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, with that being said, my my standout lyric was, um, I'm dancing on my own. I make the moves up as I go, which, you know. That's fun. I love a little reference to Dancing on My Own by Robin. So, um, Yeah. It is a fun track. It's a mm-hmm. dance track. Yeah. And I think a lot of artists, every artist has that, that song, like um, Ariana Grande did – side to side mm-hmm. where it was like a huge music video and like big commercial hit yeah exactly and shake it off also had that yeah so and taylor you know sometimes she'll pick singles where you're like why why that <laughs> one and this is maybe one of them <laughs> yes absolutely yeah so that brings us into our next track i wish you would another jack antonoff moment <laughs> and he makes it known it's like like red one convict gaga yeah. <laughs> it's like the red one mm-hmm. and there's another guy i'm thinking of who has this specific is it jason oh, he's so derulo no <laughs> no <laughs> um the keys he's like i got the keys come on he's like a music producer the keys to success. Oh, DJ like, Khaled. Yes. I DJ think it might be DJ Khaled. Khaled. Yeah. I, I can't remember, but there is an artist who every track he produces, he includes like there's like a sound yeah. that's recurring. And whenever I think of a Jack Antonoff sa- song, I just think of like some sort of very prominent <laughs> intro beat. Yeah. And so like, I wish you would. It's like, ah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, wait, Taylor, before you sing, <laughs> let me mic up uh, my gear bag and drop it on the ground, and that'll be the <laughs> opening beat, which I wish was a joke, but that's something that he actually did for this song. <laughs> wait, oh, no, wait, he did it for Out of the Woods. Point? Okay. Yeah, for the beat. Um, yeah, this is another one that she wrote to track as well, where he sent her the track. And I think it's – um. Yeah, it's on the stolen 1989. She has little voice memos at the bottom where she talks about like the songwriting process. And uh, for this one, he like sent her the track and she just threw some lyrics on it. So yeah, this song, again, it's very similar to All You Had to Do Was Stay. Like there's a lot of very similar themes throughout the songs in this album about, you know, the deterioration of a relationship where it's on again, off again. Maybe there are things that are left unsaid. It's never really over. And this is no exception. So it's really just a song about like a guy driving past his girlfriend's house, his ex-girlfriend's house and being like, oh, she hates me. But really, she still loves him. But they can't, they just can't communicate. And it's like, I wish you would do it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The feeling of longing is so universal. Yeah, truly, truly. And it's also like wild in retrospect, like then hearing, you know, Harry's, because this is probably about Harry Styles, hearing his perspective yeah. on like the relationship where he, especially in the lyrics from from the dining table where he's like, mm-hmm. why won't you ever be the one to like break and like reach out? Like we clearly, we clearly both missed each other, <sighs> but we're too stubborn or they had too many issues or too much had transpired for them to like reconcile. Mm-hmm. Um, but both clearly wanted each other still, even after it ended. I just can't even imagine at my age having so much drama in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like if you fundamentally don't like their personality, like you just have to end. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if that was necessarily the issue. I feel like from what they've said in interviews, like when it was just the two of them, like they were creating all these happy memories, but it was like the media shitstorm that surrounded it. Yeah, okay. That is mm-hmm. what kind of pulled them apart. Yeah, that's difficult. I can't imagine that. My divorced parents, Harry and Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I do want one of those shirts that has like a picture of both of them. It says, I'm a child of divorce. Um, <laughs> so I'll probably purchase one of those at some point. <laughs> you must. You yeah. must. Anyways. Please, your standout track, Miss Schmidt. My standout lyric is actually from like the outro chorus. Okay. Where she says, you always knew how to push my buttons. You give me everything and nothing. (sighs) Brutal, I'm putting a finger to my temple and I'm looking down. Yeah. And then I think the, the lyric after that is, this mad, mad love makes you come running. Or keeps keeps you. What is the lyric? You always knew how to push my buttons. You give me everything and nothing. And nothing. This mad mad love makes makes you come running. Come running. Yeah. To stand back would, where you stood. I wish you I would. Wish you would. Yeah. <laughs> We're writing the song right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of the voice memos. <laughs> yeah. Hi guys. Yeah. Um, my standout lyric. It's a little long. I think that this is the bridge. I'm pretty sure that this is the bridge. I wish you would come back. I wish I never hung up the f- – um, so off. <laughs> I wish you would come back. I wish I never hung up the phone like I did. I wish you knew that. I'd never forget you as long as I live. I wish you were right here, right now. It's all good. I wish you would. It Just like the way that yeah. it like lowers and it becomes like so intense – Mm-hmm. And she's like, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't do this. Like, I wish I fucking it's all you good. knew how much that I wanted to. <laughs> but it's fine. It's all good. I wish, I wish you would. would. Yeah. I think that is the chorus. But. Is it? Yeah. I wish you would come back. Wish I never had my phone like I did. Yeah. Wish you knew that. Never forget really? Because I live in a. Wish you were right here, right now. It's all good. Wish you would. What what is the bridge for this song? I guess the bridge is the the part that I did. It's like used in the outro, but it's also used earlier where it's like oh. you always knew how to push my buttons. You give me everything. And oh nothing. yeah, you yeah. give me everything. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, I like a good chorus. What can I say? Yeah, it's a good one. And next we have Bad Blood, mm-hmm. who bless Kendrick Lamar's heart came back on for. Taylor's version to mm-hmm. re-record this um the sing the single the track that he was featured on yes the remix yes yeah bad blood um famously about her feud with Katy Perry 
mm-hmm. over backup dancers. And let's be honest, they both need them, but I'm going to say Taylor needs them a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember like the specifics of it. I know that if you watch the carpool karaoke video like thing with Katy Perry, she like explains exactly what went down and like what the contracts were. This is what happened. This is it's about backing dancers, right? Yeah, it's about backing dancers. It's, it's so crazy. <laughs> okay, so there is like three backing dancers that went on tour with her tour, right? Yeah. And they asked me before they went on tour yeah. uh, if they could go. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm not on a record cycle and yeah. get the work and she's yeah. great and all Absolutely. that. But I will be on a record cycle probably in about a year. Mm-hmm. So be sure to put a 30-day contingency in your contract. Right. So you can get out if you want to join me when yeah. I say I'm going back on. Sure. So that year came up, right? Yeah. And I texted all of them because I'm very close with them. And I said, yeah. look, just FYI, I'm about to start. I want to put the word out there. And they said, okay, well, we're going to go and talk to management about it. And they did, and they got fired. And I tried to talk to her about it, and she, she wouldn't speak to oh, me. Oh, you tried to talk to her about it? You, you, did, the, you did the phone call? I do the right thing. So you did Any the phone call and it was it a shutdown. it feels like a fumble. It was a full shutdown and then she writes a song about me and I'm like, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's how you want to deal with it? Karma. So yeah, that is what the feud Damn. was essentially. But Taylor like talked about it in interviews and stuff, not naming Katie specifically, but basically just being right. like, yeah, after that happened, I was like looking back at our friendship and realizing that there was all these things that like this person was saying that it's like, oh, were those actually like digs at me? Like, is this person like actually not like me? And they're like not – they've not been nice to me this whole time and they're like really fake. Mm. Um, But needless to say, they did eventually reconcile. They put their differences yeah. aside and they reunited in the You Need to Calm Down music video. So there is no more bad blood between the two of them. Nevertheless, we do have this song, um, which, again, is not one of my faves on the album. Even when it came out, I was like, this is a little this is a little cringe for me, um, just because it's very dramatic. <laughs> it's a very dramatic song. She was clearly very upset when she wrote it. Oh, clearly. It was also very, like, peak. Um, this was, I feel like, 2014, too, where the Taylor gang was really mm-hmm. something that was always being talked about, like all of the girls that Taylor would hang out with. Yes. And she's very well known for having close girlfriends who she really like loves and is tight with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like good for her for being like a girl's girl and for having a lot of close girlfriends and stuff. But it was also like, oh, are you like in that group? Are you down with like the most famous pop star in the world right now yeah and so that was also a big part of the music video like her rolling up with her crew to like obliterate her enemy yeah with like a fucking glock machine gun i don't know what it was (laughs) like some weapon of mass destruction yeah they so the music video has literally like every starlet every victoria's secret model of the time um, I couldn't, it would take me forever to list everybody who's in that music video, rewatching it. I rewatched it but like recently. Kendall Jenner to like to name one. No, she's not in the, she's not in the video. Oh, she's not? No. Kendall oh, and damn. Taylor weren't really like good it's friends. Gigi. Yeah. That's like what, that's Taylor and Gigi are good friends to this day, but also like, I assume because like 
Kendall and Harry dated after Taylor that they probably, you know, mm. weren't the best of friends. But yeah, so like Gigi's in it, Cara Delevingne, um, Zendaya's in the video. There's so many Victoria's Secret models in it. Carly Kloss, of course. But then there's also people like Jessica Alba and Ellen Pompeo and Mariska Hargitay because Taylor's a huge um, SVU and Grey's Anatomy fan. So they both have cameos. Cindy Crawford's in it. Uh, Lena Dunham Selena is in Gomez. it. Selena Gomez. Yeah, Selena Gomez is like the villain and she's wearing like a black bob with bangs, which is very Katy Perry coded, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think that the addition of Kendrick on the track is a huge improvement because I think his verses are a lot better <laughs> than Taylor's yeah. were. Because in the remix, you don't hear her verses at all. It's also very like... Now we got problems, and I don't think we can solve them. Like, it's yeah. very thin lyrically, so. Yeah. I, I think especially, like, Kendrick's sec- second verse is very tight and very strong. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't include, like, the lyrics from it because I'm like, you can't really divorce each line from the other. Like, you would have to put the full verse. Right. But I think that my standout lyric is from – the bridge which is band-aids don't fix bullet holes i like that one um my standout was i was thinking you could be trusted did you have to ruin what was shiny now it's all rusted but there Mm. is also a really good kendrick lyric where he says my tlc was quite odid my facts now point of view of you and me similar iraq and i was like Bring up the Iraq yeah. war in your lyrics. <laughs> Damn, Taylor. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to the to the awful war in Iraq that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Next up, we have uh, amazing song, Wildest Dreams. This song is like so beautiful and cinematic the way that the chorus just kind of like explodes is amazing. Like I remember the first time yeah. I listened to this album, this was like my favorite song by far. Like I listened to it all the time. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I feel like this this is like almost like the thesis of this album, I guess, because like it's all about a, again, a short-lived relationship that you know is going to end and how you want this person to remember you, how, like the narrative that you want to present to them, the way that you want yourself romanticized or yourself reminisced on. And because she does like hold things very close to the chest in this album, this one I feel like just really encapsulates that, I guess that that sense that she's kind of trying to like control her own iconography. Yeah. It's funny that you said this is your favorite song because this is also my favorite mm-hmm. song. Like I literally – there's a – I'll name his name, but you have to bleep it out. Yeah. I was dating – Oh, my God. TVT. <laughs> <laughs> and like I remember posting a photo of me like laying in the grass like because mm-hmm. it was over I, – I don't even know if it was over vacation. I might have just – been visiting my parents and like I took this photo of like a selfie and it was like no one has to know what we do his hands are in my hair my clothes are in his room yeah and or his clothes are in my room and his voice is a familiar sound nothing lasts forever and I remember posting that and like getting a dm from him being like this is like about me and you (laughs) 
And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like I was like actively like precisely what I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like very much for that, like if you want to call it relationship at that time, I was very like into the song because it Mm -hmm. felt like it was reflecting exactly what I was going through. Yeah. And this like – dream because I really wanted us to be in a serious relationship mm-hmm. but it never ended up getting there and I I honestly couldn't even tell you why I <laughs> like to this day I'm like because it seemed like we were both into each other and I don't maybe it was like his end he didn't want to be in a relationship but honestly yeah I don't even remember like why it even ended right I don't know like yeah. I, I yeah, yeah don't know but that was, like, I was just, like, so into him and, like, it was such a whirlwind. Yeah. And he was also tall and handsome oh, as hell. super handsome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that was definitely one of my more formative, mm-hmm. I would say, dating experiences, especially in college. Yeah. Because it was also the first time I was dating someone who I felt, like, like cared for me, mm-hmm. like, when I like drink too much one time, like he took care of me or like I remember we like ordered breakfast together to my dorm or like he did my dishes yeah. and like like those moments where it feels like they're really like going to be someone in your life. Mm-hmm. And then going from like not interacting and like being mad at each other. Anyways, this song yeah. is very much like ingrained in my life. Mm-hmm. Unrelated to that. They also filmed parts of the video in the Serengeti in Tanzania. And I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Like when I saw it in 2015, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, she has that dark like hair. Mm-hmm. She looks so she good. She looks gorgeous. So good. We don't – I mean, maybe people talk about it in like a fucked up way, but like Taylor Swift is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like stunning, yeah, insane face card. <laughs> like her, it's such. It's such, she has such like a classic face. That's why I think mm-hmm. she looks so great in that video because she's wearing all these very like old Hollywood silhouettes right. and you know the styling. Um, mm-hmm. But this song is actually a little bit more of like a low key romance that people don't ever really talk about or mention, and I think that's because her publicist I think has buried it. But it is speculated that the song is about Alexander Skarsgård. Whoa. While they were filming The Giver. Yeah, because that movie, they were both in that movie and it was shot. Taylor Swift? Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Um, It was shot like in and around South Africa. And her hair is like dark brown in the movie. And like they stayed at the same hotel while they were filming. The music video is about like a secret romance between co-stars, but it like doesn't survive past filming. Also, it's probably not about Harry Styles because she says he's so tall and Harry is like five (laughs) ten. Alexander Skarsgård, very tall man. So, yeah, that's the speculation. I think he's like six four. But anyways, yeah, yeah, it's again about like. A very short-lived relationship that has a shelf life. But the thing that I like, even though like we we keep coming back to this theme of like a, a shelf life relationship, one that is not sustainable, is that she never like presents these relationships as being like a waste of time or not worthy. There's like a lot of importance and weight put on them. And I feel like a lot of the times 
the relationships that can impact you the most and like scar you or like be the most important are those like really short kind of whirlwind moments like yeah where it's like your heart is leading your head exactly everyone's had like a three-month situationship that has like fucked them up forever um, <laughs> and like <laughs> not me <laughs> that's never happened I'm to me. well adjusted <laughs> um so I, I do like that this album is kind of like validating of those feelings because because like if you don't have a label on something, sometimes it can feel like it's not as important or you shouldn't feel as strongly about it as you do. But I think that this album is very validating for us. Uh, yeah. Us Delulu girlies who have had, you know, some uh, some interesting entanglements in the past, but yeah, again, like this song is is stunning and it, it builds so well. My favorite, my standout lyric is just, you know, the the opening line of the chorus, which is, say you'll remember me standing in a nice dress, staring at the sunset. Because I just think Ugh. that's such a beautiful image, too. Right. Yeah. To have, like, this per- picture perfect, like, not thinking of the bad things, just, like, the beautiful yeah. parts of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Just before we continue, do you want to say, so like she did receive criticism for filming the music video in Africa because Mm -hmm. of like colonialism Mm -hmm. and the fact that it was mostly white cast in the music video. And so it was very much like, I'm going to Africa to shoot a movie. Yeah. Oh, who cares about like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she did donate all of the money to, I think it's like the African parks foundation of america Mm. so i mean you win some you lose some (laughs) yeah but as i mentioned at the beginning of this convo my favorite line is i said no one has to know what we do his hands are in my hair his clothes are in my room yeah yeah beautiful just changing the tone completely Mm -hmm. to the next track how you get the girl which is like the title so close to like sha la 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 kiss the girl yeah this is a very upbeat poppy moment again one of the earlier songs that she wrote as we learned in our hailer 101 lesson earlier but yeah this this isn't like a super strong song for me i have always been kind of lukewarm on it i don't dislike it but it's just like yeah yeah yeah. And now you say, I, I want, want you, you for The chorus goes hard. I yeah. don't know. It is fun. I feel like it would be a really fun tour song. Like probably on the 1989 tour, I'd be like, let's fucking go. Right. Yeah. It's how you get the girl. Yeah. And that is my standout line. It's it's the chorus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine is just, I again, a line from the chorus, which is broke mm-hmm. your heart. I'll put it back together. Love. On to the next one. On to the next. This one I love. Yeah. Uh, Any sort of song where you're talking to me about the sea or like a body of water, Mm. I'm like, okay, you've you've gotten my interest. Yeah. You hear some seagulls in the background. You hear the sounds of waves crashing. And this whole album too, the way that she's advertised it, like Taylor's version. Mm There was a lot of like coastalness yes. and beachy 
Yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of people were like, oh, how like so weird that she's changing the vibe of 1989 from like the city to the beach. And I'm like, she's invoking the East Coast. Like New York is yeah. on the East Coast. Like it's Coney Island. It's an island. <laughs> yeah. She's she's invoking we live Coney on a Island. Fucking island right now. <laughs> I could drown. No. Yeah. <laughs> she's invoking Rockaway Beach. Okay. It's, so. It is funny though, because like yeah, we are in an island. Like every morning I go to work, I go over the bridge and I see the water yeah. for like five minutes and I'm yeah. like, ooh, look, it's Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor Swift should have moved to Dumbo and she would have gotten to look mm. out at the water. It would have been very wistful yeah. for her. She could have done a whole like, when is my husband coming back from this from sea? <laughs> from New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that her the apartment that she currently has is also in the West Village, but it's a different apartment than, like, that particular one. It was so sad in Miss Americana when uh, she, like, leaves her apartment and it's, like, she's, like, yep, that's my front yard. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, ah, Yeah. Like, that stings. You just don't get any no. respite. Like, you hear screaming people around you all the time. Like, you can't stand outside of someone's house. Yeah. Um. I guess, should we talk about the song? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this love. Yeah, it's a really beautiful song. It is mm-hmm. uh, one of the more like ballady right. moments on the album, which is like nice to kind of have that reprieve after we have so many like super punchy choruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is like interesting to me that this is like the first song that she wrote for the album, like not knowing what the album was going to be and like right. what the production of it was going to be. It still has those themes like we talked about before of like this love is good, this love is bad, this love is alive back from the dead and that on again, off again yeah. sentiment. Yeah, and I really love how this song and Clean have like a lovely dialogue together with all of the uh, water imagery. I love Clean, yeah. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to talk about Clean. It's like oh, <laughs> one of my favorites. But yeah, this, this song is good, but like – of course, like the ballad that stands out to me the most is clean, but I will say as I've gotten older and like listened to this, like, you know, re-record, I have a new appreciation for this love. Um, it is a really beautiful song. My my standout lyric is, when you're young, you just run, but you come back to what you need. Mm. She, I, know, I noticed that in a lot of her lyrics, she mentions running mm-hmm. or like um, in On Lover, there's a lyric, it's like... But when you're young, or only the young, only the young can run. And she talks about, like, running. What song is that? Um, I thought it was called Only the Young. Let me check. Oh, it was the promotional single for Miss Americana. Oh, LOL. Yeah, because I was like, I've never heard this song before. Yeah. But it it's also, like, so in this song, she mentions running – and there's also, like, out of the woods, it's, like, mm-hmm. she's, like, running away. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of, like, yeah, uh, themes, I guess, of, like, escaping or, like, leaving. Hiding, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my standout lyric is, I think it's opening, right? Mm-hmm. Clear blue water, high tide came and brought you in. And I could go on and on, on and on. <sighs> It's just such a it's such a good beginning to the song where it's just like she's just opening up her heart about like this love that she experienced and mm-hmm. she's like this is what it ha- how it happened and how I can just talk about it like yeah and like I another lyric that I almost picked was 
like these hands had to let it go free and this love came back to me. I love that lyric too. Literally just gave myself chills saying that lyric. I love that. It's, yeah. Um, I forget what it's called, but just that, or I think it's called an epitaph, 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 where it's like, if you love something, let it go. Mm. And if it, if it comes back to you. It was meant to be yours. Or yeah. like, if it doesn't come back, it was never yours or whatever. Yeah. The, another thing that I noticed between this song and the one following it is the reference to hands. Ooh. Um, which leads us into I Know Places. Just grab my hand and don't ever drop it. My love, love. Yeah. This song goes so fucking hard. Oh, yeah, because we, we are the hunted. They are – wait, we are they, the foxes. They are the hunters. There. We are the foxes, and we run. And we run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Running. On and on, on again, off again. Hands irresponsible driving that's like the takeaways <laughs> so uh, 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 I. yeah this song co-written with uh ryan tedder who is an amazing songwriter amazing producer mm-hmm. you may know him as the front man of one republic when i read that first split second i got one republic confused with the magic dragons and i was like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, I was like, oh, wait. We're talking One Republic, you know, Apologize, amazing song. Right. Um, but yeah, Brian Tedder has written for like so many people and was somebody that Taylor wanted to collaborate with for a really long time. I think that she also worked with him on Welcome to New York, but I'm not 100% on that. Um, but yeah, this song, I have always been in I Know Places, Stan. I feel like nobody ever talked about the song. It was not like mm-hmm. on anyone's minds. And now with but the re-record, people are yeah. like, oh, this song like hits. I'm like, where have you been, you guys? Um, but she put her whole Swift OC into <laughs> this re-record. The growl yes. on her voice. Oh, my God. Yeah, I definitely feel like I Know Places too is like another reference to – her being like everyone is in our business. Yeah. I know places we can hide. Yeah. To fucking have privacy. <laughs> Just to fucking live my life as a 22-year-old yeah. girl in New York City trying to date a member of the biggest boy band in the world, but yeah, I love the production on the song. I love how it starts with like the sound of a tape recorder being pressed mm, as well and yeah. it ends with that too i think it's such a, a lovely little addition just like the pen click in blank space yeah um, very like cheeky little production elements but blank space baby click and now and I'm I'm name. yeah but yeah my standout lyric was just grab my hand and don't ever drop it again a reference Ooh. to hand but also made me think about the all too well 10 minute uh short film you dropped my fucking hand that oh, line yeah. and i was like oh so this has been a thing for like years the idea of you know like holding the importance of holding someone's and, yeah. hands that is the worst uh all too well 10 minute version i can't even yeah. wrap my head around it yeah. i was obsessed i played it all the time mm-hmm. um so when did the red re-release get dropped it was october 2021 the re-release was it 2022 2021 2021 okay yeah that's crazy that's so long ago wow is that um, right i thought it was this year no no because speak now was this year yeah november november 12th 2021 okay but 
yeah, my standout line is loose lips sing ships all the damn time. Not this time. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, the chorus goes crazy. Yes. And then we shift gears again mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. To clean. <sighs> Very much like a cleansing. Like mm-hmm. now after this torrential downpour, like I'm finally clean. I can finally breathe. Yeah. Um, and this really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Like going through a breakup and being like, okay, like I guess – like after all the pain, like it's yeah. finally dissipated and like you just have to move on. Yeah. She has so many like clever lyrical like devices in this song turning on its head the idea of, you know, once rain is – once you're being rained on, that's when you can finally breathe when you're being engulfed in water. Right. Like, things are being right. washed away and that is the reprieve instead of drowning. Like the drowning – you're drowning in the drought more than you're drowning in the water kind of idea. And like the comparison kind of, of breaking habits of like, you know, getting out of relationships. Cause like it's every day you have to like break a new habit when you've been used to like being with somebody and that comparison to almost like an addiction, I think is like super interesting as well. And the production of it is so cool she worked with imogen heap for this song Mm -hmm. it was just so cool yeah like insane the way that it came about is like somebody asked her in an interview like who's somebody that you would love to work with and she said imogen heap and then she got an email from imogen's team being like imogen heard that like taylor wants to work together do you want to go to her house recording studio and record in her studio and she was like oh my fucking god so they went there Mm -hmm. it was just the two of them taylor had this idea for this song because she had been playing with like this metaphor in her head of like being in a room that is like has been in a drought and there's like dead plants everywhere mm-hmm. and like a storm is coming and instead of like you know hunkering down for the storm you punch a hole in the ceiling to let all the water come in and then in the morning like everything's been oh. washed away like was this image that she had in her head and so like we get references to that in this in the song like flowers that had died of thirst and she says so i punched a hole in the roof like all that kind of is lives in the song as well yeah um but yeah so she went to imogen's house studio they worked on the song imogen used like all of the very cool instruments that she just has at her disposal um one of them being an imbira which is what the kind of like do 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 is that instrument and then to create the beat she used uh boom whackers as well whoa yeah she does all of like imogen does all of her own producing on the song like there's no technician there at all um they did taylor's vocals in two takes and then imogen did some of the cool like backing vocals with her insane voice that sounds like autotune but isn't and sent her the mix the next day the song was done and it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And one of the reasons I think a lot of people like respect Taylor too and are willing to work with her, even though she's like younger, is because she has a hand in creating all of her songs. It's mm-hmm. not like she has someone do it for her and she has like these ideas and yeah. is really like ingrained in the, the craftsmanship of uh, all of her songs. So 
when you're working with her, it's not just like, okay, we made the lyrics, we made the song, like go perform it. Mm -hmm. It's really like, she's like, I'm a musician. Yeah. Like through and through. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This song is it's just so, so beautiful. I had a really hard time again picking a standout lyric because. I like the lyric you picked. Thank you. It's such a stunning one. But I, I picked the lyric when I was drowning. That's when I could finally breathe. Mm-hmm. And then you picked the very next line. And I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by morning, gone was any trace of you. I think I'm finally clean. Yeah. There is, of course, a lot of, you know, references, like Harry Styles references in here. We have references to photos being taken, which both him and her reference in their songs, like in Out of the Woods, she talks about him taking a Polaroid of them. Um and then also being 10 months sober because from when they broke up to when this album came out was about 10 months. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <sighs> and then we go into a totally different vibe with Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> the pronunciation of Wonderland in the in song Wonderland. really – yeah, it it makes me chuckle. Yeah, the in Wonderland is yeah. It, thank you, wild. exactly that one. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah, this is another one that I always really liked, and I felt like nobody really talked about it. The people who are on the Gaylor train will mm. know that a lot of people speculate that the song is actually about Diana Agron, who yeah famously. Um, was very into Alice in Wonderland, like had an Alice in Wonderland tattoo. And after this album came out, she started the process of getting it removed. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So that tattoo is now gone. <gasps> she also has green eyes. I don't know. They Who's to say? Who's green to eyes. say? Who's to say? Um, they also don't appear to be friends anymore. I mean, they can't all be about Harry. Yeah. Yeah. They uh, don't seem to be friends anymore, so – don't know what happened wow. there. All we can do is speculate. But yeah, the song is, again, has a super punchy chorus. And I do feel like the the maturity in her voice now, and just because she's just a, a simply a better vocalist now than she mm-hmm. was when this album came out, I think that um, that kind of like grit in her voice really stands out in this song. Yeah. My standout lyric was, I felt your arms twisting around me. I should have slept with one eye open at night. Mm. My God. <laughs> yeah, mine was, you search the world for something else to make you feel like what we had. And in the end, in Wonderland, we both went mad. I need to know if it happened. <laughs> I just need to know. Maybe one day we'll get like an Evelyn Hugo style reveal. Right. We'll get a memoir and we'll be like, oh my God, crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, we just speculate. Mm-hmm. I don't even know the full extent of the gay lore lore because – There's a lot of it. Exactly. There's so much that I I can't like with the is it true, is it not true. I just need to like – if it ever comes out, then I'll like believe yeah. it. But I can't drive myself mad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of at the point of like, if somebody wants us to know, then we'll know. And if they don't want us to know, then it's like not our business. Right. So anyways, moving to our next track, You Are In Love, which is another favorite of mine. 
But it is crazy when you think about the fact that it is written about Jack Antonoff and Lena Dunham. And Lena Dunham, yes. So, I mean, it sounds like they had a really, like, lovely relationship. Mm -hmm. And it is kind of just sad to be like, oh, they're not together anymore. Yeah. But they both are, you know, now married to other people. Yeah. Seem very happy. Jack just Mm -hmm. got married, like, a couple months ago to Margaret Qualley, actually. Um, Right. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's just so crazy because like also Margaret Qualley, when I first had heard of her, I was like, oh, another Napo baby. And then I watched Made in like a week because yeah. I became obsessed and I was like, she is so good. Yeah. She's very talented. She has the it mm-hmm. factor for sure. So yeah. I'm like, go forth, Nepo baby. Do us proud. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this is such a lovely, like actual love song mm-hmm. where it's like, they just, you know, there isn't any issue. It's just like, this is a song about falling in love. Yeah. And especially because like so much of Taylor's writing is about like trying to understand love, trying to put two words, like the feelings right. that you get and just trying to understand I'm what love is. I'm going to change my standout lyric <laughs> after you said that. But yeah, just like, you know, trying to trying to understand what this this big mm-hmm. feeling is and observing it in other people. And and it feels like in this song, she's like, okay, I can finally like pin down what this feeling is. I can, I can recognize it in like other people. And then exactly. when you, you know, fast forward, we get to Lover and she writes the song Daylight and where she's like, oh, I was wrong. Like, this is actually what love is. It's not like this crazy red thing. It's golden. It's like this warmth and the safety and like. Mm-hmm. comfort but then now knowing that that relationship has ended i'm kind of curious to see where she goes next with her understanding of love and what that feeling yeah. is um i am like very excited to hear the songs that her relationship with travis um mr kelsey can't remember his name travis, travis mr kelsey <laughs> yeah i'm excited to hear the songs that that experience yeah, not creates. to be like, you know, too parasocial, but I'm very much on the Taylor Travis train. I'm, pe- I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm He seems like a respectful man and they seem like they're having a good time. Yeah. The thing that I'm like again, none of my business, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing that I notice that it endears me to the relationship is that she hangs out with like his parents, right? Yeah. When she goes to see the games and it seems like they all really get along. And I think that especially they're both mature now. They're both like in their 30s, I believe. And yeah. so having that like stability and being close with his family, like that is a big thing, especially because, I mean, she's expressed that she wants to like get married and have a family and stuff. And like – Yeah, family is very big for right, her. And yeah. I think that probably – helps immensely like whenever you get along with your partner's family Mm -hmm. you feel more at home and like integrated and feel like it could be something like long-lasting yeah and I think in her in her previous relationships there's always been like issues with power dynamics because she's only ever really dated like either other musicians or actors like other artists and Mm -hmm. Especially because where she like the level of success and like fame that she's at now is kind of like unfathomable. Like she's at the top of her game right right now. And 
I think, I mean, she kind of has alluded to this. This has been, you know, talked about in, in the press and stuff that with her relationship with Joe, he had a really hard time reconciling with her level of fame, her level of success, and like her being such a public figure. Yeah. And that's why I think it works so well with Taylor and Travis is because they're both people who are at the absolute like top of their game right now, but in different fields. Like he's in sports, she's in music. Right. Like there's no competition right. element whatsoever. Never the two shall cross. Yeah, and like they're both just like at their peak of success right now. Um, so it it kind of feels like she, you know, has an equal in that realm. So mm-hmm. I think that that kind of like the way to see how supportive he is of her, so publicly, so vocally public, like publicly supportive of yeah. her and appreciative of her success and like acknowledges it whereas right. like joe wouldn't even like say her name in an interview like people would ask him about her and you'd be like i don't want to talk about her so yeah and it's like if you want to spend your life with that person like can you just can you go that far mm-hmm. and have that for the rest of your life and i don't yeah. know it seems like maybe not um yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll see what songs might come about about Mr. Travis, but or just like what she discovers in this new type of relationship really is what I'm more interested in. I can only imagine. I mean, if she wanted to retire tomorrow, she could. Like mm-hmm. she definitely has enough money to, but I would assume at least she has more like comfortability. That's not even a word, but like She's more assured now that, like, her career means something mm-hmm. and people want to see her be successful. Yeah. And she's not constantly fighting to stay relevant and be like, oh, my – like, are am I going to get dropped from my label? Like, she yeah. is solidified in the music industry. And I'm sure that reassurance is also beneficial in feeling like she can have a life. Yeah. And dedicate more time to, like, her private life. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, standout lyrics. Um, my mm-hmm. standout lyric was, you can hear it in the silence. I think it's just such a beautiful sentiment about love that it's it's like this thing you can't like you can't necessarily point to it, but you know when you feel it. Like you can hear it in the silence. She's, I think she also says you, right. you can feel it on the way home. You can see it with the lights out. Like I love those right. those fun little like plays on on words and yeah, I just think it's just really beautiful yeah i loved the lyric um when she says he says you're my best friend and you knew what it was he's in love but i'm actually going to change my standout (laughs) lyric because we were talking about how in a lot of her songs she like is trying to figure out what love is and make sense of it and so my standout lyric is And you understand now why they lost their minds and fought the wars and why I've spent my whole life trying to put it into words. Yeah. I got the chills. I got the chills. Mic drops. Yeah. And with that being said, we head into what wasn't originally on the album. It was just a deluxe track, which is insane to me because it's one of her best songs, New Romantics. Mm-hmm. This song makes me feel like I'm in a movie montage. Ah, ah, yeah. I listen to the song. I'm like, I want to chop my hair off and start wearing heels all the time. Like that is how right? this song makes me feel. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's very upbeat and like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. 
it has a very similar tone to like blank space where it's like, yeah, 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 know what Mm -hmm. you say about me, but guess what? I don't really care Mm -hmm. because I'm a young girl in the city and I'm enjoying my life. Yes. And it's it's just like a fun, I really have fun melody, great production. The like, ah, 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 explosion into the chorus. It just, it gets the people going. And by the people, I mean me. I'm the people. Yeah. <laughs> what's your what's your standout lyric for new romantics? It's the rumors are terrible and cruel, but honey, most of them are true. Ah, ah, ah. How cheeky. <laughs> yeah, mine is Heartbreak is a national anthem. <laughs> we sing it proudly. Ugh, amazing. Well, that concludes the OG portion of the album, and now we're heading into the vault. Yes. <laughs> so the first on the deluxe vault edition, I guess it's not even deluxe and Taylor's version, but just the vault edition yeah. is slut in quotations, exclamations. And I thought this production was very interesting. Like it, it really resonated with me mm-hmm. because just there's like a shift in the song from um she talk she has this like vivid flamingo pink sunrise boulevard clink clink being this young as art to like got love sick all over my bed dun, 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 dun. and mm-hmm. then she's like but if I'm all dressed up and it's like this big like sound and like lift Mm -hmm. and it kind of just feels like really focused and intense but also just like airy Mm -hmm. and like again that like fuck it energy yeah definitely because we especially in her more recent work we've heard her kind of like dip into her lower register which i love Mm, she has such a beautiful low tone Exactly. Um, so it was like actually nice to hear that kind of like very breathy, high, like head voice again in the chorus. Um, it's just like it's a very like floaty tone, and the the production is it. It all feels just very like you can't see what I'm doing. This is a podcast, but I'm basically like waving my hands above my head. Like it just feels so light and like <laughs> yeah. It's hard to describe. I'm not. I'm not right. a musician, but. <laughs> Yeah, I like this song, but I will say it's not, like, my favorite of the vault tracks. I think it's, like, I think it's fine, but I I don't feel like it personally, like, really resonates with me and, like, my life experience. But I think it's, like, a interesting song, but it is hard for me, like, especially after hearing that she was picking between this and Blank Space to, like, avoid that comparison. Because I'm, like, it's no contest in my head. Like... (laughs) Her picking blank space over slut for the album is like somebody being like, oh, yeah, I like woke up late and I missed my alarm and therefore I didn't get on the train that ended up crashing. You know, it's like (laughs) that's what it is in my head that she was saved from disaster (laughs) by picking blank space. Damn. Not to say that this song is a disaster, but you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's such a stronger song about very similar subject matter. Right. I it's so hard because I mean I love Blank Space and it was definitely the right choice for the mm. album but I personally like the alt mm. music lover in me 
really liked um, Slut. Yeah. Specific, like the chorus is so good. And my standout lyric is, but if I'm all dressed up, they might as well be looking at us. And if they call me a slut, you know, it might be worth it for once. Yeah. And I just thought that was so juicy because they never or I guess they did they did end up calling her like a slut like in the yeah. media because she was dating these men but it was also very much like oh Taylor like you're going out again mm-hmm. like you're you're dating another guy and she's like if they're going to call me this like if I'm all dressed up yeah you might as well look at me like yeah I'm I look amazing I'm in a gown I'm in like our designer dress yeah just, you might as well just go for it because I'm going to keep living my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially because like when she moved to New York, she was like, I'm not going to date at all. I'm just going to hang out with my friends. And then people still like talk shit about her anyways and like talk about her friend group. So it's like, well, then if they're right, going to like, you, you can't win. So I might as well have my own fun while mm-hmm. I'm at it. Um, Yeah, my my standout lyric was. Got love sick all over my bed. I was just I like, do like Ooh, that line. I love that. That's such a fun little play on words. Um, I remember like really enjoying that line when I first heard the song. But with that being said, we then go into my favorite vault track. It like this song had me jaw dropped at five in the four or five in the morning when I was listening to this when I got home from work. Um, and that is Say Don't Go. Yeah. Because she really came for me in the way that I felt <laughs> in like a situationship, which I've talked about on the podcast, you know, many a time. Um, but yeah, just that, again, the on again, off again, like anxiety inducing relationship where you are so invested and you don't feel that from the other person. I was just like, this feel, I know this feeling so well, this gut wrenching feeling. Mm -hmm. So it just brought like all of those emotions back to the forefront for me, listening to it for the first time. Yeah. This, the sentiment of like, if you just stay, if you told me stay, don't go, I would stay forever Mm -hmm. is so like relatable. Like, if you wanted me here, I would be here. Yeah. But, you just can't get to that point. Like you made me think that you wanted to be with me and you like told me all these things and made it feel like I was like there with you and I was your partner. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it didn't come to fruition. Yeah. Just like waiting for crumbs (sighs) from somebody when you feel like you're giving them everything. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like the, the whole chorus like I almost just put the whole chorus as my standout line because she hits the nail on the head. But ultimately I chose the line cause you kiss me and it stops time and I'm yours, but you're not mine. Ooh. Yeah. Mine is I'm standing on the sidewalk alone waiting for you to drive by. Why'd you have to lead me on? Why'd you have to twist the knife? <laughs> so good. And also has it has really strong production elements too. Like even though it's about such sad subject matter, like the chorus is still very like punchy. Yeah. All right. And then we go into now that we, we don't, don't talk. talk. 
I'm like, who produced this? G.I. wonder, could it be Mr. Antonov? Did Mr. you get Jack your Antonoff? rubby little hands all over, <laughs> all over this track? <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a really fun one, I, I will say, yeah. production-wise. I do like the – has, like, a really good walking pace. Like, I highly recommend walking down the street listening to this one. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, this is this is one of the – another song that alludes to a relationship with one Mr. Styles. Uh, one thing that I did enjoy was in the second verse, she says, you grew your hair long, you got new icons – and when yeah. this initially was released, people were like, oh, they're talking about, like, she's talking about, like, him getting more tattoos. And I'm like, no, no, no. This song was written in, like, 2013, 2014. She's talking about his profile picture that he has changed because that's what we called them back, especially, like, being icons. on Tumblr. They were called icons. Um, and Harry did grow his hair long at this time. So, yeah. But the song is also going very viral on TikTok at the moment. The Ooh. Um, the outro, the I don't have to pretend that I like acid rock. And I was like, who knew yeah. Harry Styles was so into acid rock, not I. And talk about your like expensive with your like rich oh, yeah, friends. Or pretend and... that I'd like to be mm-hmm. on a mega yacht with important yeah. men who think important thoughts. But my standout lyric for the song was, I cannot be your friend, so I pay the price of what I lost and what it cost now that we don't talk. Yeah. And I think everyone can really relate to this feeling of after a relationship ends, mm-hmm. like you will still have like lingering questions about like you want to know what the person's up to or yeah. you wonder things about them. Maybe you hear things through the grapevine, but you can't ask them. You can't like you can't cross that out. bridge. You can't, you know, you're 10 months sober. You're clean. You can't, you know, go but back. that doesn't mean you don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, a, I think, a very universal feeling. Um my standout lyric was remind myself the more I gave, you'd want me less. Which is just a brutal feeling. Devastating. Yeah. So that then leads us into suburban legends. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting one. It's again, very like you couldn't end things with me. Mm -hmm. And like, I wanted this thing that didn't end up happening and like, well, they won't, they. Yeah. And like being with someone that you maybe feel like has this more effervescent ease to them when you yourself feel like maybe you are an overthinker or you like don't necessarily feel the most comfortable in every situation, but being with somebody who's like super magnetic and they're like, you know, have this je ne sais quoi and you can't help but like still fantasize about them. Yeah, that very much reminds me of like beep <laughs> because I've, I'm going to change my standout lyric because the my favorite lyric, but I feel like it's so like overused right now. Like I feel like this is everyone's favorite lyric, but it is like um, let me let me make sure I'm saying the right words. The second verse where she says, I'm standing in a 1950s gymnasium and I can still see you now because the idea of like going back to the class reunion and walking in with you and like that like sentiment of um, surprising like everyone 
by coming back with this person mm-hmm. that you that no one thought you would like end up with. Yeah. It's very much like the sentiment of like my previous relationship and stuff. It just like has a lot of like themes that I could attach my mm-hmm. own <laughs> experiences onto. Yeah. Yeah, I will say like this song I like it, but it doesn't stand out to me as much as like my like my personal favorites would be Say Don't Go, um, Is It Over Now and Now That We Don't Talk. But I feel like this is a song that's probably going to grow on me the more that I listen to it and I'll be able to like mm-hmm. kind of hold on to it a little bit tighter. But I will say yeah. I did have a really hard time choosing between two lyrics for my standout. The one that I ultimately chose was I broke my own heart because you were too polite to do it because that is a lyric that I did feel for sure. Um, yeah. But another one that I really loved was, and you kissed me in a way that's going to screw me up forever. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And that leads us to our final vault track. Is it, is it over, over now? now? Man, she came for blood in this one. <laughs> what a track to go out on. I know that a lot of people were kind of like surprised by the vault tracks, especially the ones about Harry Styles, because they have been so amicable for so many years that mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, she never wrote like bad things about him before. But I don't think that we learned anything really new in the vault tracks yeah. that we didn't already know from the other songs. I'm like, she talked about this on again, off again. Like, not necessarily cheating, but there being, like, you know, seeing other people and then you go back mm-hmm. to each other and it's, you like know. now that we don't talk and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like, that's that's always been present in the original album. So it's not – none of this is, like, a revelation for me. It's not like, oh, now I hate Harry Styles. Like, no, like, their relationship, yeah. it was just very tumultuous and it didn't work out and we're just getting, like, more information about it. Um, But she definitely does – she's a little more cutting in this song. Mm-hmm. with specifics than she was in other ones. And I mean, the, I think the Volt tracks are also just very much more like, yeah, my heart was torn apart. Mm-hmm. So especially Is It Over Now? Like the – she doesn't – it doesn't sound as serious, but like when I heard the lyrics for the first time, I was like, I think about jumping off a of very tall somethings. Like that's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And just to see you come running, like, yeah, like wanting to make a scene, and in this case, like literally hurting yourself in order for someone to like come back and be like, "I'm here, I mm-hmm. love you, I miss you, and like I never yeah. want anything bad to happen to you." Like, mm-hmm. that is a pretty intense sentiment. Yeah, like we have a lot of similar sentiments in here as we do in "I Wish You Would" and "All You Have to Do Is Stay" yeah. and "Out of the Woods," like these songs are all like very intertwined because they're about like, you know, the same subject matter, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, like she is also more um, like there are more direct references to sex in this song. Whereas at this point in her career, she really had not really had a lot of like explicit sexual references because I think coming out of, you know, being a teen star Like, she did not swear in any of her songs. Like, she kept things, like, pretty clean. Whereas in the chorus of this one, she, you know, references, you know, him laying down with a girl on his couch and, like, somebody unbuttoning her blouse. And Mm -hmm. especially in the bridge, which I think this bridge is phenomenal. I'm just going to read it out because, like, it's so good. Do it. 
She says, and did you think I didn't see you? There were flashing lights. At least I had the decency to keep my nights out of sight. Only rumors about my hips and thighs and my whispered sides. Oh, Lord, I think about jumping off of very tall somethings just to see you come running and say the one thing I've been wanting. But no. But yeah, like the line, like, at least I had the decency to keep my nights out of sight. Only rumors about my hips and thighs. I was like, oh, my. And my whispered sides. Mm. That fucking bangs. But yeah, like after their relationship. If she's got blue eyes, I will surmise that you'll probably probably date date her. You search in every model's bed for something greater. Baby, was oh it my God. over when she laid down on your couch? Was it over when he unbuttoned my blouse? It's so yeah. cutting. Yeah, it's it's really good, and it reminds me it has that very similar repetitive nature that Out of the Woods has, where it's like, are we out of the woods yet? Is it over? Like you have all these lingering questions, and it's just like grinding, mm-hmm. grinding, grinding in your head. Um, so I am kind of sad that this like wasn't on the original album because it's such a good song, but I think that she also yeah. knew that if she released a song like this, the crazy directioners would be relentless. It would lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it was bad enough when they were just dating. So probably a smart decision to keep this one in the vault for a bit but i'm very glad we have it now um my standout lyric was i think about jumping off of very tall somethings just to see you come running and say the one thing i've been wanting but no yeah um and mine was i was wait what was it yeah i was hoping you'd be there and say the one thing oh lord i've been wanting oh lord but no And especially like I don't know in my in my own head I was thinking about like um, when you have that on again off again thing and you're like but if you came back to me and said that like one thing that was missing or like that one component of our relationship mm-hmm. that I never got from you that I'd been needing to like save it all yeah but like no yeah it just doesn't happen. <sighs> yeah, I think this would have been a very strong ending to the album if it was initially because mm-hmm. it was and it was intended to be the final track. Oh yeah, but I'm glad we have it now. Wow. Well, that is 1989 Taylor's version. I mean, there's not too much more we can say because we've said so much <laughs> at this point. But yeah. you know this this album has always been one of my favorites of hers. Um, so I'm like super glad that we have this new version that she owns it now and I'm glad that people are appreciating it because I feel like some people didn't really at the time, but uh, yeah, the vision was always there. Definitely. And especially with the changing rhetoric around women in Mm -hmm. the media and popular culture and not crucifying them for being a certain way or acting a certain way. Like I feel like she can enjoy the success of this album more without being scrutinized Mm -hmm. like she was initially. And aside from that, all I can say is I need the reputation re-release yesterday. Oh, she's coming. She's coming. I'm going to freak the fuck out when reputation comes out. (laughs) Are you ready for it? Yeah, it's going to be insane. Um, I'm predicting that it's going to be (laughs) January, February. I think it's going to be here. 
That yeah. is my official prediction. I'm fucking ready to go. I think an announcement is, is that, probably coming that's this the month. Last, no, then she has that's debut. The last one. Debut will be the last one. Her first album, Taylor Swift. Oh, her. Yes, yes, you're right. I I'm really curious what that's going to sound like because it's just been so long. Yeah, and she is she going to put the accent on? I don't know. Right. Is she going to have the twinge? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all she has left is her name and her reputation. Ew. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Get the fuck out, bitch. You're done. Sign off. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you want us to do another album, another Taylor album, another, you know, whoever, let us know mm-hmm. what you think. If you yeah. have any other ideas for us as the strike is continuing on, hit us up. Let us know. Yes. Maybe an OC episode. Maybe a One Tree Hill episode. Well, those are struck an- still. So. Just kidding. An episode of The Simple Life, perhaps? Yeah. Who knows? Jersey Shore, maybe. Ooh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy touch. Well, uh, yeah. with that being said, we'll see you next week for something. Who knows? Who knows? We don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.